This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Voy Media, here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, we have Jeff Atkinson from Huckabye. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing today? Hey, Kevin. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Perfect. So, Jeff, today we're going to talk about SEO, a lot of technical SEO. That's sort of your background. I guess for the listeners today, can you give us a little background about yourself and sort of maybe what you were doing before maybe Huckabye? Absolutely. So, right after school, so I'm actually from the East Coast, and right after college, um, I took a job at Overstock based in Salt Lake City. I was a ski racer, seemed like a good fit. It was a place where, you know, I could ski a lot and still kind of have a real job. Worked my way up in that organization. And then, you know, I started on the email marketing team, eventually became their senior vice president over marketing, analytics, and CRM. So every sort of revenue facing side of Overstock I've had experience with. I've managed the buying team for a long time and pricing and forecasting, but also, of course, all the digital marketing channels, TV spend, credit card program, loyalty program, sort of all of the interesting customer-facing stuff that had to do with revenue and analytics uh, was in my wheelhouse. And we just had a, you know, we had a great SEO story at Overstock. We went from a channel of zero to a channel of about 300 million. And so it's just really cool experience to sort of have that be, you know, the, the founder and CEO is my mentor. And yeah, it was just really great sort of first out of college job experience to, to get exposed to that, that world of digital marketing. That's crazy. I mean, how long were you there for at Overstock? Because you had a lot of hats there. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was there for just about seven years. Oh, wow. It's a long time. It's a long time now in sort of startup world where most people are like, at a job for at least maybe two years now, at least when I was in San Francisco, it was very rare that you had like teammates that were longer there for three years. I know. I actually really encourage, especially like young aspiring, you know, workers to be like, find a company that's got a career track. Cause once you jump, start jumping around, you never really jump upwards. You might feel like you do with a better title, but you're like back to the basics of learning the company and, and all those types of things. So I think long tenures can really make careers. And I really encourage them to young folks that are sort of getting going because you can just company if you find the right place. That ha- I was fortunate enough for that to happen to me at Overstock. No, no, that totally makes sense because even for me, I was working at a startup and there was like a, some path there, but no one really knew how to get there. There was no sort of like track essentially. It's like, okay, you sort yep. of just get promoted, but like you're, boss is like the next level up and then you know you're never going to be that level up in like what a year it's like okay you're going to be there forever right yeah (laughs) yeah exactly there's usually there's a lot more um career track at a bigger company and there's a lot more like training and you know they really in most big companies like invest in their employees quite a bit so yeah. it's just, there's a different, it's a definitely different lifestyle than a startup, but it's a great way to sort of get your career going. Yeah. And also it's similar to what you're saying before, because even look at yourself, you did like almost every channel, TV, digital at a startup, you're not really dealing with all that stuff at all yeah. until like maybe 10 years, if that company takes off where 
maybe yeah. a company like Overstock that you know it's a high growth and it's growing, you are de- dealing with all this other stuff or other channels that you may have not have experienced ever before, or you know you sort of can't get an opportunity to do it. Especially if you're like a good mentor, like you said that your boss was a great mentor that probably gave you a lot of opportunities to sort of execute some of those visions that you had. Yeah, I mean, I remember this story like getting to Overstock, and they literally like had just purchased fifty million dollars worth of. IT investments and they were like Oracle ERP and then they got a Teradata data warehouse and they got it all implemented and they were like, well, now we need to start using this stuff to make us money. And they were like, Hey, this kid seems kind of smart. Let's give him the keys to this uh, $30 million, you know, data warehouse and see if he can make some money off of it. Yeah. You just don't really, you know, we're sending like 10 million emails a day. You just don't really get that kind of scale and resources at us at a startup that you do, you know, coming into an overstock that's got, millions and millions of visitors a day so yeah just a different you know people get about go about it different ways uh, it definitely wasn't those like whiz kids to come out of college and mm-hmm. just like found my own company like zuckerberg i think you gotta kind of spend some time in the trenches and learn a lot before for me anyways before i was ready to kind of do my own thing with huckabye no that totally makes sense and like it's exactly what you said it's everybody's got their own path and sometimes it's a startups for you sometimes it's a bigger company you're just gonna figure it out as you go and the best that I always tell people is like, this is just advice. This is what I took. And this is, I was working at a big company as well. So my first job out of college was at Intuit. And that was completely a big company structure. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. And I was working on like their sort of startup division, which is mint.com. So that's when I was doing mm-hmm. uh, software development there. But then after, after a year or so, I, le- I left to startup. And it was just a completely different vibe, essentially. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, perfect. Uh, uh, I guess for, you know, sort of talk to us more about like, you did were doing SEO, sort of how did that become your expertise? How did you sort of start doing more of that, uh, you know, at Overstock and maybe when you left to sort of uh, pursue your own sort of company? So in 2005, when I started at Overstock, I didn't know what the term SEO meant. I'd never heard it before. I don't think anybody at the company Mm -hmm. had even heard it before. So I remember here, there was a, I got introduced to a guy through a, a colleague at Overstock that was a, SEO consultant, his name was Paul, and he was just brilliant. And I remember spending like two hours on the phone with him and learned all about, you know, not everything, but I like learned about SEO. And I remember distinctly like going to Patrick's office, the CEO of Overstock, and being like, there's a huge opportunity for us to alter our website so that Google understands it. And we start getting all these organic search rankings and this traffic is you know, it's essentially free and it can be, you know, enormous in terms of size. And so it was like literally just discovering like plutonium. <laughs> we found this channel and then really, you know, spent, man, you know, the whole time I was there, basically six years, seven years getting it dialed. And um, what I realized was that as a marketing leader, that investments in technology always sort of are why you'd get through a paid channel. So um, if you got really good at email marketing and you invested in your email marketing like technology, that would create much higher ROI than you know other investments. Or if you improved your conversion rate, or if you improved your loyalty program. And SEO is sort of a classic example of this, where you spend money on technology to make the site better, and then that comes back in the form of revenue. I was a very like technical-minded marketer, and. Um, and those investments were always the ones that ended up with the highest ROI, no matter what the channel was. So, you know, I also realized that the problem 
with SEO is really a technical problem. You know, you have, do have a lot of sort of consultants and agencies saying, oh, you got to put up a blog and you got to write and write and write. And some of those strategies just don't work anymore. And so to be on the front lines to see really what worked uh, at Overstock and the technical um, sort of things that need to happen for a site to be able to really communicate with a search engine is kind of what I took away. Now, Huckabye, we got there almost accidentally. So Huckabye started as a B2C company. We were essentially an affiliate site. And we were up against it because Google had made an algorithm change that basically they didn't want people purchasing products through affiliate sites anymore. They wanted them to go direct. So we were swimming upstream and not going well. And then we, but we had built some really cool like SEO automation software that helped with this technical conversation. And then people that sort of knew us wanted to start licensing it. So we pivoted into this software company that's Huckabye today. So yeah, that's kind of how we got here. It was somewhat accidental, but um, it's, uh, it's a product that really works and is, you know, I'm proud of and it's exciting. Yeah, because it's, it's funny how you're saying like SEO is pretty technical. And, and yeah, I, I think it is too, especially when you're dealing with these bigger sites, such as something like Overstock, where... I guess, for example, they have a ton of links, right? Obviously with SEO, you need links and you need people writing about you or even just like talking about your brand. Mm -hmm. But like with something like Overstock, I guess that was more of, you sort of had the core links and people talking about you and then, but I guess your internal structure was messed up. Is that sort of like how you guys saw it? Or did you guys sort of, did you guys have any rankings at all? Or sort of what was that like when you first started? Yeah, so the site had already had a great domain authority because it was like, it was Overstock, you know, and they were starting to do TV and, a lot of you know people linking to great deals and so there was a lot of domain authority but the site was a mess from an seo perspective it was basically google couldn't understand it at all there wasn't friendly urls you know category pages were all these really complicated urls and there was no metadata no there was just no way for them to understand what was happening on any given page and so we basically completely revamped mm -hmm. we had the opportunity to revamp the entire site based on SEO optimization. So we went from a site that literally was like impossible for them to crawl to almost the perfect site for them to crawl and understand. When you flip the switch that quickly on a site of that size, the growth was kind of incredible. So once we did that, you know, everybody was kind of on board where the revenue was really coming through uh, SEO. So you've even had like buyers, you know, a furniture buyer would hire their own copywriter to write copy about furniture because they knew it was like the best and most quickly growing channel and they could get, you know, they could increase their revenue. So that was sort of the problem for them. And it took a long time. It wasn't like we could flip the switch overnight, but that was a kind of rare opportunity. And it's not that rare. We actually come across a lot of companies that are in a similar situation where they're, especially software products where there might be a, a very prominent company with a great domain authority, but Google just literally cannot understand what they do at all because <laughs> it's a yeah. complicated b2b software solution yeah. and so that's when you know huckabye can really come in and it, it doesn't matter what the stage also but those companies can see just sort of crazy growth when you clear up that communication between their website and google and no yeah, yeah and i think that sort of makes sense like for example i think one site you probably you might probably know jeff but like i think zapier is a great site that has really great domain authority and they're also doing great seo their integration pages are just like killing it with like, you know, Google Docs connection with MailChimp. Like they're yep. usually number one or two because they have literally optimized. I think another thing that you probably would think is important too is keyword research. 
they know what people are looking for. And also, but the great thing about Zapier too is this is, I think their product is very unique and they've also coined a lot of this like long tail keywords that they sort of been able to make up. Like people before were never like looking for like, I guess they were like MailChimp with Google Docs or MailChimp with like Gmail. And that sort of mindset has mm-hmm. created more keywords for them to even rank for because they're allowing all this sort of integration. Yeah, that's a great example of a site that's, it's not just a site, it's a company that's driven based on SEO. <laughs> you know, I'm sure if you looked at their trajectory as a business, it is, you know, lockstep with their SEO growth. And we see that happen a lot. You know, companies, you know, think of an eBay or an Amazon, like how they got to where they are. A very large percentage of that was SEO. But yeah, they're a great example. One, you know, we have a customer like SAP and you can think just how massive SAP is and they're really not organized when it comes to SEO. When you sort of straighten it out, Google's like, ah, oh, thank you. We finally get what this major brand does and what they're trying to sell. And then they, their organic channel, you know, kind of takes over, which is always fun to watch. But we, it's not like we just work with these big ones, but there are some cool examples of big software companies that have come a long ways without SEO. And then they, they get, they, you know, they hear about Huckabye and, and turn it on and it kind of, the results are kind of crazy. And, and I think that's also, I guess for other software companies or even businesses, I think sometimes, sometimes I look at a website, I'm just like, I have no clue what this like big giant company that's on the stock market does. And they, and like, I look, <laughs> looking at them like on Hrefs, like, or like on those yeah. sites, I'm just like, how are they even getting business? And, but yet like they have such great domain authority. I'm just like, wow, if they even did SEO. They would be even bigger. I, but like, it's one of those things. It's like, they just don't either think about it or they just like, it's not like something that's part of their current revenue. But I'm think I, for me, I'm just like, I'm looking at this domain rating, like 70, 80. I'm like, wow, like a great structure and some sort of nice content with a great like content development team. They could really kill it. Yeah. We were talking about this before the podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. Like, you'll have a sales force that has hundreds of thousands of employees and you'll literally can't find a single one that's working on SEO. And yet it's 65% of their revenue flows through organic search. Another, that could be a whole other podcast on why that is. But in my opinion, it's because software companies, because their margins are so much bigger and they're typically sales driven organizations, they can get a lot farther down the football field with just mm-hmm. a really good sales team. And they can spend a ton of money to acquire a customer and it still makes sense because they're selling these real high margin software products. Whereas if you're like in the e-commerce world, if you're not working on SEO from day one, you just don't have a chance. Like there's no way that you're going to. So even smaller e-commerce companies will have a really sophisticated SEO strategy. And the other crazy thing is like once they do start getting traffic, the value of that traffic is so much higher. You know, I always try to get customers to figure out what their revenue per organic search visitor is. Anybody in e-commerce knows that number like off the top of their head, or they can find it in two seconds. Software companies, it can take them months to try to figure out what it is. We have one customer value of an organic search visitor, just a visitor, not even a visitor that converts is on average 250 bucks a visitor. Wow. And at Overstock, it was like $2 and 50 cents. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting, you know, there's a lot of reasons why they might not get into it as early, but yeah, it's, it's kind of necessary. And what's cool is that the really smart software companies are getting it. <clears throat> They're getting it that uh, it's their best 
channel, like they just crush it on SEO and it drives, you know, they're in crazy growth. When you do get a smart CMO in place that knows the power of SEO, then, you know, it's a really quick path to success. Yeah. And, and I totally believe that. I think there's so many other software companies that, for example, like buffer.com, they really nailed SEO and they're like a 20 million ARR company that's pretty much built on SEO. And exactly. Yeah. And like kind of what you said before, like they're probably users probably worth a lot because it's recurring and it's also software where it's not like an e-commerce company where exactly it's like, there's just hard costs in, in e-commerce that you just literally can't ever like get away from like shipping. Um, the actual product yeah. costs is, is like a real thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So whereas like software, yep. it's like, okay, another license or like, Something like Dropbox, for example, you got another license that's $10, but like what did it really cost their servers? Nothing, 0.1 cent? Nothing, yeah. And I also think, I mean, you probably know too, like these software companies are also more equipped to do SEO and kind of like what you sort of like to do is technical SEO because they already have the technical capabilities of it in-house versus like an e-commerce company, it's maybe just marketers doing Facebook ads or online ads and not really thinking about SEO or even the technical aspects of a website where as a software company, they're the ones building the website. So they kind of understand this, but I think the other challenge with these software companies is sort of getting them to understand SEO and thinking it was a great channel and not just like the sort of scammy channel that exists online. You know, you'd be surprised, Kevin, software companies never put their tech people on their website. So all the strong developers at a software company work on the product, not on the website. So the website's almost always controlled by marketing. That's almost always a WordPress site, which is not mm -hmm. optimal in most situations. The website team will have very minimal resources to invest in the site. And all the good developers will be working on the actual product um, instead of the site. Whereas like the CTO of an e-commerce company, they, all they do is work on the website. So yeah. yeah, it's just, you know, different dynamic. We're trying to make SEO cool for software companies <laughs> and it becomes cool once it starts generating them a ton of revenue. And that's like, you know, there's nothing, nothing can argue with growth and especially revenue growth, which is what, you know, we, our software really helps companies yeah. achieve. So. Yeah. So can you, I guess for these other companies, can you explain kind of like how your software works a little bit on like maybe just mm -hmm. the side or, or maybe there's a plug into their website sort of how does that work? Yeah. So there's two major things that Huckabye does and they're two of the top trends when you look at what Google's doing. So to really dumb it down, all that Huckabye really does is just listen to what Google wants out of a website, whether that's super fast page speed, you know, mobile structured data, dynamic rendering, we can get into those topics. And then we just, on behalf of our customers, we make their site like perfect so that Google understands them. And the two big trends that we identified and have really Fortunately, we, you know, we bet on the right ones. The first was structured data. So structured data is a language. It's basically the language that Google prefers to talk in. So instead of them just crawling HTML, you can actually now tell them, you know, this is a product, here are the reviews, here's the price, or this is a person, or this is an event. And then when you speak their language and you apply world-class structured data to a website, they understand it a lot more than they did previously. And the more they understand, the more they give it rankings and traffic and all that good stuff. Structured data has been around for like 10 years. And it was something that we figured out at Overstock and it's moved the needle a lot. But when you hear their like webmaster team talk and you hear them, the sort of core algorithm, 
there's two things that in every algorithm update over the last five years that they have made more and more a part of the algorithm in each update. One is mobile friendliness, right? And that's like the site mobile responsive. It's a mobile first index now. You know, most people are accessing the internet using their mobile phones instead of their desktops. Page speed, um, which is super important for mobile. And then the other one is structured data. Every single algorithm update has more and more structured data. So the other piece about structured data, it's not only a way to communicate, it's how Google enhances their search results. So when you search for movie times and the movie times just show up, all those enhancements throughout search results, which are called rich enhancements, those are all powered by this language structured data. So that was a trend that we caught on early and have ridden it you know, for a long time now. And then the other big massive change is a topic that no one really talks about, which is surprising to me, but it's something called dynamic rendering. And dynamic rendering came about only about a year, year and a half ago. Dynamic rendering is essentially Google saying the web is getting so complex and it's getting so difficult for us to crawl. Just give us a simpler version of a site for us to be able to understand it. The concept of dynamic rendering is just simply that URLs load dynamically or pages load differently based on what calls them. So if I go to a site on my desktop, I see one experience. If I go on my mobile phone, I get another. The big change was them saying, well, now you can give a version for us. And that really opened the door for us to build this SEO cloud, which is sort of what we call, you know, Google's perfect world. Like what would a website look like if it was built for Google? So those are the two trends that we've latched onto that we think are the future of where Google's going. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about it. It's not any secret, you know, they're out there talking about these things. And so we bet on those trends and built products around them. <clears throat> and we'll continue to listen. I'm sure there's going to be new trends in the future, but we've built products that basically leverage those two trends, structured data and dynamic rendering, which are two very technical problems. So we have an automated solution that, that can take a site and make it, you know, world-class structured data and a perfect dynamically rendered site for bots to crawl. And, and then, those are the two products. And then for dynamic rendering, is that for um, websites that are like JavaScript or, or is that why you're seeing that trend? Or is it like, even if it's like, let's say something like WordPress, do you still need to do dynamic rendering? Or is that like AMP? What's like sort of the difference there for, for listeners? So it, the reasoning for it is absolutely because mainly of JavaScript mm. and Angular and things like that that are dynamic that they can't crawl. Google's the only search engine that can crawl JavaScript content, by the way, which is kind of fascinating. But the way that they do it isn't by just crawling it. They use a renderer, which is what they, they actually use Chrome, um, the browser. And they use a developer's version called Chromium. And any page that has JavaScript on it gets thrown into this queue, this render queue, which essentially is waiting for the page to fully load in a Chrome browser for them to be able to crawl it. And so that's super time consuming and it takes a bunch of resources and money for them to do that versus crawling HTML. So they saw the internet, like these front end technologies and this dynamic content was not going to slow down if anything was gonna start growing which makes it almost like 10 times harder for them to crawl any given page if it has this type of content on it. And then they were like, well, and also the internet's not getting any smaller. It's growing, you know, exponentially, you know, as it always has. So they're faced with like an almost an impossible problem, which is this ever fast growing internet and pages are getting slower and much harder for them to crawl. 
And so that's really why they introduced dynamic rendering. It is a lot like AMP, like the solution ends up being a lot like AMP where you're just mm -hmm. dumbing down the page, but they're two separate things. AMP was an initiative to try to almost take market share away from all the hosting companies like AWS and stuff like that, so that they were actually hosting a large portion of the internet. There was so much pushback though on AMP limited developers so much that it really wasn't as successful as they hoped. And so now <clears throat> they've introduced dynamic rendering, which I think they're really going to stick with and is the future of how they want to talk to sites. I remember when AMP first came out, it was kind of cool because it was like, oh, Google's like, you're going to get speed boost and like your, your site loaded in like two seconds. Mm -hmm. And then people were like, wait, like, it's weird that how come you're making me strip like all my ads or revenue or anything <laughs> like that. And then, yeah, it's, it, I mean, I mean, you probably know like Google is like a love hate relationship. It's like, yep. it's great. It drives a lot of traffic and brings up so much stuff, but like their guidelines are very interesting. They're like, Hey, like, obviously you probably know like that half ad guideline where it's like, you can't have ads like half the page, but then if you look on mobile, it's like three quarters of the screen is just an ad. So then it's like, okay, it doesn't apply to you. Yeah users right so it's very interesting <laughs> of course they're all yeah, guys they're their own they're yeah. their own like major ecosystem so if you think about like how much of the world's economy now flows through google it's like they can do stuff like that because they just have so much influence amp was a really interesting one though that actually didn't really work out i mean it still kind of remains to be seen but almost every google like major initiative like amp and structured data and stuff like that ends up taking off chrome gmail yeah amp did not <laughs> because there was so much pushback from developers and from just general marketers that they didn't have any flexibility and you know they couldn't fill out a contact us form you couldn't advertise and all this stuff so yeah we create you know an seo cloud version of any given site whether it's sap.com or whoever and yes we have our own renderer so we actually render the page just like google does and then we convert it into a flat HTML version that we then host in Cloudflare. We have a partnership with Cloudflare. And that creates this super fast, you know, it's the pages are like 20% the size of the previous page. It's cached in Cloudflare. It's instantly available for Google to crawl. Obviously we add structured data to the top. And the way we thought about it is like, what would the perfect page and website look like for Google? And that's what we built with SEO cloud, it's super fast. There's no dynamic content, it's flat HTML and it has structured data. And yeah. turns out if you give them what they want, <laughs> they reward you. And then for when you're working with brands, what's like the cash and validation of something like this? Is it like you, they'll ping you saying, hey, Huckabye, like you, can you guys update your thing? Or is it like all automated sort of, you know, how does, how does that work for like a tech company? That they're, we're like as, they as they change their content, how often yeah. does the cash get updated? So it, it, the frequency depends on how often they update the site. And we're starting to get more sophisticated too about actually recognizing changes and just automatically updating. Your typical customer gets crawled, even the big ones gets crawled, a big crawl once a week. So we set our cache refresh to once a week. But actually in the platform and you log into our dashboard, you can take like, say you just generated a number of blog posts. You can actually just take those URLs put them into the, the dashboard and hit purge the cache and it'll come and recache all those pages. So there's a number of ways that we do it, but you know, some sites change so frequently that we have to, you know, we, we have to be updating it daily. Others, you know, it's 
two to three weeks, but they don't, you know, they don't change all that much. So kind of depends on the customer, but it's a pretty slick solution if they, you know, are changing pages often to be able to refresh the cache and get it indexed. It goes back to what you said before, like every site now is using React JS, native JS, any sort of JavaScript is sort of really how people want to like interact with websites, but Google isn't fully, you need a solution like yours in order to get people to get found. Cause sometimes people don't, re, like I think a lot of people, a lot of developers don't realize that Google doesn't really render this stuff or it does very little of it. Whereas your solution really helps sort of push it to the, the maximum in order to get crawled as, as best as can. Most sites don't even realize how much of the content that they're generating just doesn't get crawled. So yeah. anytime they have a page that's gonna have that stuff, it's gonna take like two to three weeks before it even gets touched. Um, so we always laugh about these like major content, you know, the whole content marketing trend, which I think is a great trend, but if you don't have your site set up correctly, Google's not even gonna see it. So all that effort is really getting wasted. So you do have to have a technical solution to help communicate with Google and, and make, it, make it so they understand. Yeah, perfect. Okay, Jeff, just like final question that I have for you is, for you, like you have a lot of experience with SEO, a lot of experience with this. What tools or software sites do you like to use for SEO? I mean, I'll sort of, my favorite tool right now that I love using for SEO is Ahrefs. I think Ahrefs is probably one of the best like SEO tools for like kind of everything, keyword tracking, keyword research, competitor tracking, competitor spying, everything related to that. I think they've done a really good job. I'm not sure kind of what tools do you use on a day-to-day -day basis or maybe for your clients, what do you sort of tell them to use or check up on? Completely agree on, on Ahrefs. That's our favorite tool. Um, we use it internally with our customers all the time. I'm going to be really biased here and say that the best SEO tool out there on the market right now is Huckabye. <laughs> it's just, there's nothing else like it, right? There's a lot of reporting tools and analytics tools, but there's nothing that you can just install and it's going to move the needle. And if you install Huckabye, our average customer grows 61% over 12 months. So it's, it works. You probably understand it now. Any sort of technical person would kind of understand what we're trying to do. It definitely works and, um, you know, it's unique. So to check that technical SEO box is really hard to do internally. And so we kind of are the first ones to provide an option for it. And uh, so I'm going to be bi totally biased on that question, Kevin. Huckabye is the best <laughs> tool out there. But no, Arefs is, uh, is, is, we love that tool as well. It's, I think it's past Moz and it's, it's like, yeah. it's amazing. I heard that it's like the second largest search index in the world now. Yeah, I, heard, I, I heard that too. Yeah. I heard that. I, or, I heard that too from their own blog. So of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still impressive. Yeah, Super it's cool. Crazy. It's still really good. Yeah. I love, I love Ahrefs and I think they're doing something crazy how they beat Moz, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I think for you, I mean, this is just an idea, but it'd be cool. Like if you guys have maybe something like, um, and you probably know like a data, a log analysis on your website where like a startup can be like, Hey, dump in your logs from Google Crawlbot. And then, you could be like, hey, look, your website's only crawled 20%. With our tool, we can get you to that 90%. You know, some, some sort of like- Yeah, that's tool. a really cool idea. We actually do have a tool now where you can put a, any URL and it'll show you the difference in performance between the existing page and what it would look like with SEO Cloud. So it shows like the Google performance score, the amount of content that would get indexed versus the previous page. Like our average delivery time for a page with SEO cloud is like 160 milliseconds, which is just wow. like insane, insanely fast. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, those types of tools that could show like the before and after really help people understand 
the issues that they're having, even though they don't really know about them. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, especially, if, and then for you guys, it's a great way to educate users, say, hey, look, like this is something you might not know. And, you know, Google only calls 20% and you really want to get to 80 plus. Um, and then, you know, you can also just call them or email them after that fact. Yeah, kind of like a free yep. tool. Yep. Okay, uh, Jeff, great. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Can you please tell listeners, you know, where they can learn more about your website or even more, maybe learn about you or do you have like a Twitter or LinkedIn uh, that you can share? Yeah, so just my LinkedIn is great way to sort of follow me. Just Jeff with a G, G-E-O-F-F, Atkinson. And then our website is great. I always promise podcast listeners that if you come to our site and you want to talk SEO, even if you're not interested in our product, if you put in the podcast name in the contact us form, I'll make sure that I'm on a call with you directly. So any of your listeners that want to have a chat, just fill out a contact us and put in the name of this podcast and I will, uh, I'll make sure I'm in touch personally. Perfect. That's such a great offer. Thanks Jeff for that offer for our listeners. Yeah. So just go to huckabye.com and then just mention digital marketing fast lane and you know, you'll talk to Jeff directly. Uh, Jeff, thank yep. you so much for our time. Really appreciate it. Thanks Kevin. It was great. Appreciate it. This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.